Hey, it's Jake. Thank you so much for checking out the Identity Crisis Collective podcast. Uh, This is just a little pre-roll to say thank you for for listening, hopefully for subscribing or following. Uh, Please like, leave a review, follow us on socials, all that fun stuff uh, if you are enjoying the show. Now, this episode is from our pilot season recorded back in December 2020. We talk all things influencers, being authentic, how to make a good apology video, all of those things. Um, And I, I still don't think I really understand influences. So this episode technically is a failure. This is Chloe and Jake. We really get off just talking to each other. You know, you, you do you. Um, yeah. what's... <laughs> Chloe and Jake have questions. Hello and welcome to episode two. We've made it this far uh, of Chloe and Jake have questions. I am, of course, the Jake. Chloe is I'm, there. Yeah. Uh, I guess. You I'm talked over of, me. Yeah. It's, it's fine. I ruined the whole thing. Um, it, it's it's nice doing this. I know, like, we we talked last week about the pandemic. We don't need to do it again, but we've upgraded. Although, on the topic of influences, I mean, COVID's going to come up because we all know that they... Influencers love to party, so that's all I'm going to say on that. <laughs> so please tell me you've been paying attention during the week because there's this story that's come out that I I don't really understand that I'm hoping you of all people are going to have a better, <laughs> better grasp on it than I will. Um, something about Jake Paul saying that COVID isn't real and then yeah. he does a follow-up interview and then says that it is real. And I, I don't, not that I necessarily care about his opinion, but <laughs> what is it with influencers and, and being so contrarian to common sense for lack of a better phrase half of it is like they obviously everyone wants to get a rise out of people and that's the point of being well not everyone being an influencer but that's a point of a lot of them trisha paytas comes to mind where you just like go to the absolute extreme of everything that you can possibly do just because you know that people will watch it and then the other half is that they're not super educated (laughs) so that's like the little scales tipping of which one it is today um and speaking of of people will actually engage with that content that was our first question for the week was do you consume any content made by influencers and admittedly this was a bit closer than i thought but i think i know why it's close and that's because of of the promotion strategy for this show which is we both get on our personal instagram accounts and go go to the show page and interact and i know that most of those no votes will come from people that i'm personally friends with Mm-hmm. And I suspect, based on the results that I've seen, that a lot of the yes votes come from people that you're friends with. I would probably say that's definitely a fair assumption, yeah. Why do you think that might be the case? This is not, like, they're genuinely curious. Like, this whole thing is essentially is a social experiment. Mm-hmm. What, what, what is it about influences that you particularly, and obviously I think, you know, you attract your tribe. Yeah. What about it do you engage with personally? I think that... It's like thinking back to the beginning of YouTube in general. And there's a girl, I think her her YouTube name is Psych IRL. And she has like an incredible video on like the, like how YouTube has changed from like the originals of YouTube, which was just like a couple people had viral videos and then they just kept making them and everyone was obsessed. And I think of like the likes of Jenna Marbles and stuff. I am attracted towards influencers who I'm like, same girl like I relate to you and I don't want to leave my house and I don't want to see friends so instead I'm just going to see a friend on the screen that I don't know 
How do you find that relating to someone like, for example, Jenna Marbles, who I'm slightly more familiar with when, than, you know, some of the others yeah. you've already named? <laughs> People who have, like, I'm stereotyping, but big houses, mm-hmm. dogs. Like, how, how is that relatable personally to you? I think that it's like, well, because I've been watching YouTube since it came out, like, that was that's always been just my life. Every single day there's YouTube videos to watch. And back then, it was just Jenna with her psychology degree being like, um, here's a picture of my dog. Hope you like it. (laughs) But now she's like gotten the money. She has it. But like she's not on YouTube anymore. But she's always she always stayed grounded and stayed that person of like things happen to me that are relatable and things don't happen to me that are relatable. And I just don't talk about the stuff that isn't relatable because that would be showbody and rude. And like, I don't want to do that to people. (laughs) So you've never really thought about, you know, becoming Jake Paul, but the white female Australian version of? I mean, I've thought about it. (laughs) I think we all have. We saw saw how much money he was making and we were all like, I mean, it's stupid, but should we? Who would you box? Who would, which celebrity would you get into the boxing ring for? Oh my goodness. You Honestly, did not expect that question I up, really did didn't because look, look at these. <laughs> That's not my guns. They're not existent at what, all. What's bad is I work a job that involves a lot of lifting and they're not there either. <laughs> um, I've, I've just done there just below the camera. I'm looking directly in the camera now. Just below so you can't quite see <laughs> so you, how bad they are. <laughs> you can just leave it all to the imagination. It's fine. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, send your fan fiction in to our Instagram at Chloe. <laughs> Yes, please. So who would you get in the ring for? Uh, Honestly, I would get in the ring with someone who I have lots of respect for because I know I would lose and I want other people to have respect for them too. Like, I just want to, like, get someone in the ring to be like, this person's incredible, beat me up, I'm out, catch you later. (laughs) (laughs) I, I also just think this is a great promotional strategy for the show. Because what we do, instead of doing a Patreon or something like that, we do a mm-hmm. fundraiser around a boxing event. Yeah, uh, Which is who's, uh, you and I, and, and, and clearly you'd win. But that's, <laughs> that's besides everything. Yeah. Um, I think we, without sort of backtracking slightly, but I kind of have to, our second mm-hmm. question was what makes someone an influencer? And I feel like you've touched on quite a fair bit about YouTube specifically. Um, mm-hmm. we'll, t- we'll talk through some of your answers in a second, but more to the point, with TikTok sort of emerging, I think, as like the dominant social media platform for people yeah. younger than ourselves. I, I don't know how much of it you consume. I don't get it. A lot. <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. That's a Too whole much. other episode in itself. <laughs> but do you think like that seems to be like, th- this seems to be the trend. Like first it was YouTube. Then we sort of had Vine, I think, mm-hmm. was kind of sort of like this Vine Instagram era. And now we're looking at like TikTok. Do you think what yeah. an influencer is today is completely different to how it was maybe 10 years ago? Yeah, I think it's like obviously it evolved and it changed and I still watch like majority YouTube when I'm getting ready when I'm just laying in bed like YouTube is always my go-to kind of thing I watch TikTok a lot as well but the type of people that come to my for you page and that's why it's like influencer when it comes to TikTok is like it's very directive because your for you page is made for you and it's a direct correlation with the videos that you like and stuff like that so the people I watch on TikTok are not necessarily the influencers like Charlie D'Amelio, Dixie, Bryce Hall, Addison Rae like whatever the influencers of TikTok is not necessarily what every single person gets targeted it's more like 
the younger yeah, right. kind of generation. So it's a little bit more like Snapchat in a way with what yeah. they were trying to achieve. I don't think they really got there. No, they like definitely did it. <laughs> sponsored stories and the like. Where yeah. It, it, but it, yeah, a little bit more directed as opposed to, I guess, mass influence, which is amusing yeah. because of the way that we look at influencers as being, you know, people that have potentially millions of followers. Mm. And that's like a mass broadcast, a mass reach. Yeah. Yeah, with something like TikTok, it is very much direct and they managed to sort of find a way to feel personal and feel mm-hmm. relatable. And that's the, the thing I noticed with YouTube is the ability for large creators with massive followings to still, like you say, be relatable. Yeah. And how can you relate to a Jenna Marbles, for example, that has millions of followers when yeah. you are in your bedroom watching those YouTube videos? That I find really fascinating, the... The um, what's the phrase? Not psychosociology. There's a particular word. Um, I can't think of it now. There's a particular <laughs> word because like Twitch streaming is very similar. Yeah, and they found that sort of that uh, parasocial. That's what I'm looking for. Right. <laughs> and these particular relationships that develop between creators who are broadcasting essentially to mm. a, a, ma- a mass audience and individuals who are like, oh, you're my best friend. Yeah. <laughs> when obviously not. That's yeah. obviously not the case. In the terms of like Twitch, that's really how it feels because it's so much more personal, especially if you like, obviously you have to pay money depending on who who it is and how big they are. You have to pay money to subscribe, but then you get more access, same as like a Patreon or whatever. And it feels a lot more personal. And because it's just a person in real time talking to the camera and playing video games and whatever. And it feels like you're just sitting around hanging out with your friends, playing video games and chatting. It's it's such a weird, it's such a weird thing. I I don't yeah. know. For me, it's I I can't really connect on that level. I would never be able to sort of see that. I firstly don't under like the framing for me is really weird with Twitch of like donation because it's very much a for yeah. profit exercise. You do this in order to at least recoup yeah. the money that you you know spend on equipment, for example, and mm-hmm. internet and those those sort of things. So this idea of framing it as a donation is a bit weird, but. As an aside from that point, <laughs> just this idea of like directly paying someone to uh, have a fr- have a relationship, like I guess mm-hmm. that's the best word to use. Like, the, the, it just I don't know. It it's obviously artificial. It's never going yeah. to be real and substantial, and yet people seem to get caught up in that, and that's yeah. really fascinating. Well, I think for me personally, it's kind of like. I don't like everyone, right? No one likes everyone. And you have people that you gravitate towards, your friends. I mean, Oh, we were in high school together. I know a lot of people you don't like. Um, Um, Like we gravitate towards people that have the same interests as us. And so it's like, if I don't have enough people in my life to talk to, or I don't want to talk to them, I can't be bothered, who share the same interests as me, I'm going to put on a YouTube video and watch someone make a craft because I like crafts, you know? Like, mm. I'm going to watch people doing things that interest me because then it's just like, hey, I could be doing that too and we could be besties. It's such a it's such a neat idea, I think, that, like, yeah, you're able to, to foster that, but it's just, mm. it's odd to me. Um, yeah, I feel like it's also very, very individual experience because, obvi- like, obviously, no, not every single person follows the same people on YouTube, Instagram, whatever, and it's it's so personal and it's about your personality as well. If you have the type of personality like me, who is, I'm also very susceptible to other people's things. So I 
if I spend a lot of time with one person, I'm going to have the same colloquialisms as them. I'm going to talk the same way as them. I'm going to start dressing the same way as them. Like I'm very, um, I pull in a lot of influences from other people and you are definitely, I wouldn't say you're one of those people. You're very individual. (laughs) You're like, I'm me. I don't care. I don't know what me is, but I know me is me and yeah. <laughs> trying to. But but I would say, though, that, that, that I, w- I would emulate things from media. I don't think I'm immune to that in any way. Yeah. There's, there's things in my speech, in, my, in the way I act, that is emulated and it does come from media, whether that's YouTube, whether that's broadcast TV, etc. Yeah. So I, I don't think I'm immune from it necessarily. When money is involved, we talked about donations. I want to talk about sponsorship because mm-hmm. that was that seemed to be the the running thread through your your responses to what makes yeah. someone an influencer. Uh, probably brand deals too. Someone had said and then wrote sad uh, <laughs> brand ambassador selfies. Reality TV is optional. Mm. That that whole idea of of selling out, which I don't like the the framing of because yeah. for a number of reasons, but selling out. Can you really be an influencer if you don't you know get paid to spruik? something well okay i know we've talked about jenna wells about thirty thousand times but i am the biggest fan ever (laughs) she doesn't she took sponsorships for her podcast so they could pay for equipment and stuff like that but on her regular youtube videos she made ad revenue and that was it she'd never i don't think ever in like her whole 10 years of her career she didn't take sponsorships and she was like it feels cheap if i'm putting out this content because I love it. I love my job. I love my fans. And then being like, oh, hey, but buy this thing. Not that I think it's anyone's fault for being like, especially with the YouTube algorithm and every algorithm is so confusing and hard to like figure out what to do. I think it's okay to take sponsorships if it's something you really believe in. And I don't think that like the Kardashians are really using fit tea, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's where the line gets drawn of you can tell when an influencer is being genuine and genuinely enjoys the product that they're trying to sell to you. And when, yeah, it's a Kardashian saying, this will give you diarrhea, have fun. I, I find, I mean, I, I firstly think that's probably not a good sponsorship model. This will give you <laughs> diarrhea, have fun. I mean, it's uh, what it does. <laughs> It might work for some people. Um, <laughs> it also feels like this is the inappropriate time to say this podcast is sponsored by Raid Shadow Legends, but it's not. Um, <laughs> it, I, I, and that's the thing I've noticed with YouTube particularly is the the, the idea that you manage this idea of authenticity, which you touched on with you know uh, sponsorships that feel natural, feel appropriate products you'd actually use, and so like you you feel like you have to spruik something that's you know you actually use as opposed yeah. to something that like the Kardashians wouldn't do, but. Mm-hmm. I sort of think about YouTube and the way that create the relationship the creators have with both the, the platform and I suppose the the advertisers and how some really stress about authenticity mm-hmm. it, as if it's possible to be authentic on a platform where the, it, it's determined by an algorithm yeah where your popularity is not determined based necessarily on quality it's based on appealing to something to an algorithm yeah. that YouTube by design doesn't know Literally. And I just find that notion of authenticity, it's really interesting to try and wrap your head around because how authentic can you be when your reach is not determined by the quality of your product necessarily? It Mm -hmm. in many cases is. But how many times you go on YouTube and you're recommended a video that was released five years ago Mm -hmm. and it's just suddenly decided, yep, this week in December 2020 is the right time to show this video from May 2015. (laughs) How authentic can it really be? And so does that relationship therefore matter? 
Yeah. Well, that's the thing is that I feel like in my whirly gig brain that authenticity means absolutely nothing to me because I'm not, I'm never an authentic version of myself to someone else. To myself when I'm laying down in my bed and I want to, like, sing Ariana Grande at the top of my lungs. Yeah, I'm being my authentic self. But when I'm... I'm always... There's always a front to be presented to someone else and over the internet and whatever. When I... Which I try to break down as much as I possibly can, but I feel like it's not always 100% possible. And so that's why I don't feel the need to find authenticity, if that makes sense, in, like... YouTube because I'm fully aware and maybe that's why I don't get is as invested as some other people do in like toxic fandoms and stuff like that is that I understand that there's things that are not shown on video that goes for 10 minutes when a week is like seven days (laughs) oh exactly right and you know in making media like in making a podcast you know full well that there is more conversation that is had outside of an edit it's not a case of we just uh, some people do but i think the vlogging style has sort of died out a bit and i think people know that it's a bit manufactured because yeah it, it's going to be like video is distorted anyway purely based on how camera lenses work right so mm-hmm. on a purely technical level you there's there's a level of i don't know a lack of reality of something already mm-hmm. there so we take that aside and then you think about well what actually goes into making a video you have a jump cut somewhere well what what happened between those two cuts what yeah. happened between... Why did they cut to B-roll there? Why... And you think more about it and you go, it is a total construction. Yeah. It's not an, an accurate representation of reality because... Exactly. It probably never can be. It never yeah. can be. So how can you make it as authentic or as as close to reality as possible? And so mm-hmm. then you go down the question of, well, does, it, does authenticity really matter? Well, um, that's why yeah. all of the YouTubers and everyone who has to make apology videos, it's always one long uncut thing because Tana Mojo got absolutely dragged for years because she would be like, jump cut, jump cut, and just crying like in between cuts. And everyone's like, well, how how does anyone know that that's real? So now YouTubers are like, put on the webcam, leave it on for 10 minutes, cry about something, turn it off so that they feel like... Well, it, they can portray an aura of authenticity to their apology video. I'm just going to dub some piano music over this. Hang on. Oh. Hi, my name is Jake Stevens, and I'd like to apologise on behalf... This is really hard to say. On behalf of the Chloe and Jake Have Questions podcast, <laughs> I once made a typo in an Instagram <laughs> story. And I did a cutaway there, and I shouldn't have, but... Nevertheless, I'd like to apologise for questioning the integrity of of this this thing. I'm, I'm deeply regretful. It won't happen again. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, our sponsor for this episode is Raid Shadow Legends. And, and so you- I want to actually just jump in and go towards our third question, which mm-hmm. is, are there any good things about influencers? Because that's a valid question, I think. Yeah. I think, well, a lot of people especially during like in the current climate of the earth, a lot of people basically said um, that the good things about influencers is when they bring light to things that you wouldn't necessarily know about or when they stand up for things and they be activists, Mm. which uh, literally that was majority of what the answers were. And I think, and a lot of people said when they, sometimes it's because they feel obliged. And I think something that we can directly link to that is the Black Lives Matter movement. 
and all of the people who said the n-word 10 years ago are now like (laughs) um, (laughs) advocating for black lives matter and you don't necessarily know if it's authentic but that's something as well that it was it was a big thing because it was kind of manipulation as well from some influencers saying okay i'm not going to be friends with anyone if they don't speak up about black lives matter and I'm yeah. like, okay, that's fine. But then you're telling people that they have to say something about, about Black Lives Matter, even if they don't believe in it. And if they don't believe in it, they're the worst, I agree. But not everyone has to say something. And yes, it's good to use your platform for good, but don't do it in an inauthentic way. And don't post something just because you feel like you're obliged to, because this person that you're friends with says that you're a bad person if you don't do it. People were making videos about um, Mikey from Glam and Gore. She posted about Black Lives Matter and she, uh, in her post, and a lot of people were posting this, it was like a repost of the same picture, being like, if you don't agree with me posting about Black Lives Matter, then you can unfollow me and that is fine. When in reality, all of the people posting that were gaining followers from posting that. There wasn't people on the internet, because generally you'd think that pe- someone following a girl who does makeup tutorials on the internet is not a, like white supremacists well they might be <laughs> there'll be some but, but, but yes, they audience... don't fit the stereotype of a conservative yeah, exactly. person who would be you know staunchly against a progressive social movement to, yeah re- you know to reduce that down to the most simple argument yeah <laughs> it makes so, sense yeah like they don't fit that critique of what her audience would be so every and there was a lot of influencers who posted that same picture and they were gaining and gaining and gaining because as soon as someone sees that an influencer is standing up for black lives matter it's like oh okay i'll give them a follow maybe they stand for good things and but so, who knows but, and then that comes back to that activist label and and whether you feel comfortable using that phrase and that and those sort of if you're going to like if you're going to represent yourself as an influencer mm-hmm. why like what responsibility do you have yeah do you well, have to speak out for injustice or can you for example which i think is probably the more sensible way to go if you're for example a white person talking about you know african american racial issues in the us yeah. use your platform that you have and give that to someone who is from an underrepresented group someone who yeah. doesn't have the same platform as you but probably has a few more important things to say than you do <laughs> Probably, maybe. It's almost as if they've experienced it firsthand and you have absolutely nothing to do with it, except it's your fault. Um, Funny funny how that works. (laughs) Right? Crazy. Insane. Um, There was a lot of people who were doing that as well, not not necessarily just... um, Like, I I, I didn't really like the way there was a lot of influencers who were saying basically that they are giving a voice to the voiceless. Because I don't think that black people are voiceless. (laughs) I think they have plenty of voices that they can speak for themselves so i did see a couple of people who were especially on tiktok because tiktok is it's not super inclusive depending on your for you for you page like i was saying before it's very directed towards what you like and black content creators are not necessarily promoted as much as white content creators so i saw a lot of people on tiktok who would be like duetting videos with um black creators and being like go watch this video and then so you could like click on it and then go straight to their page and go through and watch all of their videos which i thought was incredible but when it comes to like youtube which is a totally different platform and instagram and whatever like 
yeah, it was just a lot of white influencers being like, I'm giving a voice to the people who died. Good for you. Congratulations. Why don't you just watch a black creator talk about it? Why? Someone tell me why. I think also, too, when we talk about algorithms, we have to acknowledge there are biases in them. And whether that is Mm -hmm. biased against content that is controversial, because... Of course, a black person talking about an issue that affects them is automatically controversial. Oh, duh. <laughs> um, per everything. Um, or, or, or just there are genuine racial biases in that. Among other yeah. things, there are, that is solely There's, not the only issue with algorithms, yeah. but those are present. And so when we talk about why on YouTube you'd watch a white creator over a black creator, well, think about who has been recommended to you. And it'll be the same for TikTok and perhaps more so for TikTok, but yeah. it's the same for Instagram and any social media platform that has an algorithm as the backbone, which is all of them. Because yeah. <laughs> that's how why science works. <laughs> that's how it all works. Twitter has one. Twitter, a platform designed to just be a chronological feed. Facebook, a designed to be a chronological feed. No. Mm-hmm. no Everything has not. an algorithm. Mm-hmm. And so when, you know, to go back, I think it was to the, the second question, I said, what makes someone an influencer? And someone says content that follows that general algorithm. Mm-hmm. I think that's more of a fluke than anything I, else. Yeah. I think that's more, you know how to, you learn how to game the system in certain ways. You know what does and doesn't work because you, yeah. you have a view count. But I don't think that's necessarily, in, like, I think that that just kind of happens on its own volition. Yeah, well, I think... There's, I mean, YouTubers talk about it all the time about getting demonetized and whatever, um, because of the algorithm. It doesn't, it doesn't um, push their videos forward, and because it's demonetized, even though they're talking about LGBTQ things, not even just talking about it, just being like, "Hi, I'm a cisgendered woman," and the video will be like blocked. No one can see this video. Don't talk about gender. Like, yeah. it's a little bit ridiculous, but I think it is a fluke because I've been watching videos where incredibly offensive things are said or you know like just things aren't right with the video and it doesn't sit comfortably with me and I'll watch it perfectly fine and I'll get mid-roll ads in the middle of it and I'm like hang on a second what's happening but then I'll watch a video of a girl putting makeup on and it'll be like so sorry she's not making any money on this video like you can't do anything about it yeah that's and that's what I hate as a content um What's the word? Consumer. Consumer, thank you. <laughs> Person um, who watches things. Yeah. Um, I wish that there was some kind of ability to be able to, like, not just in the comments, because YouTube, like, the YouTube algorithm isn't looking through the comments of videos, you know? Like, a some way to be able to describe why something is wrong in a video and why something is right in a video, if that makes sense, and how it would fit into the algorithm. There's a sort of a final, you know, gesture do you think there are anything good about influencers i mean personally yes because they fill my everyday life with laughter and not like and even when i'm sad like when i'm sad i just put on youtube and i don't have to think about anything i could just watch this person do something so it's like it's like the comfort food food it literally is and it's like guilty pleasures like i don't tell anyone even though this is a podcast that's going out publicly here we go i watch trisha paytas's tiktoks don't tell anyone please don't tell anyone (laughs) if i knew who that was i'd have something to say about it but i don't we have things to talk about (laughs) i'm just gonna fade you out this is gonna be the end of the podcast before before it gets out of hand it's been it's been chloe and jake we have questions we will see you sometime again on the internet thank you very much for all of your support so far make sure you subscribe and leave a nice review for us yeah
Bye. Bye.